0: Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10.30am. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Hi, and a very warm welcome to you. My name is Josh and I'm the pastor here at Woodville Baptist Church. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, I hope and pray that this is a blessed time for you as just it's been for me while I've been preparing uh, this sermon on James chapter 5 verses 13 to 18. But before we start, let's just spend some time in prayer. So Lord, please be with all that I share. Uh, Lord, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would be words that are blessed by you, Lord. I also pray for all of us that will have listening ears open hearts to hear what you are trying to say to us and thank you lord for your word that is alive and speaks to us so we praise you for that and we thank you for that so we ask your blessing upon this time that we spend together in your name amen amen so it's great that you joined me uh if you have been following over the past few months we've been doing james it's been great to do as a series. James, such a rich book in many ways, and giving us so many wise words of how we should live and what we should be looking out for. And then some quite stern words as well, when you talk, especially if you're looking at chapter five, where there's a warning to the rich uh, in the first book, where he says, there's a warning for you, don't use your wealth um, in, a, in a bad way, use it to, to further the kingdom. And then he talks about um, the patience. Sometimes we all could, um, we need to have an exercise, even when we are going through a really hard time in suffering. Um, And now these verses from 13 to 18, we haven't finished the whole book yet. We've still got a few more verses that we'll be uh, looking at next week. Uh, But these verses are from chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. Let me read it for us. It says, And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit Lord thank you for your word thank you Lord Amen James here highlights something. He's saying, is in verse 13, in the beginning, he's saying, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. You might ask a question, why should we pray? Or do we pray only when life hurts? Do we pray when life is good? Prayer is like an outlet uh, for everything that happens. Nothing, nothing is insignificant. So, if you are suffering today, my question is, are you praying today? James doesn't qualify um, the type or amount of suffering. And sometimes we think it really needs to be really, really bad before we go to, bad, before we go to God. We think this is hard, but I should be able to handle it and I'll just carry on. But before we do that, we should always, we should always just take that to God in prayer. We keep prayer as a last resort and we try and do things in our own strength. When everything's hard around us. And when we know that we can't do it ourselves, that's when we bring it to God in prayer, in prayer. Friends, God really cares for what we're going through. He's there. He wants to help us. So don't feel alone. Bible says you're not alone. Jesus suffered like us that we might ha- have a merciful and faithful high priest. He's there, always there. So when life hurts, we should pray. We should seek God's help. But then look at the opposite side of it. When life is good, what should we do? Praise God. If you look around the world, different religions, they focus on prayer a lot. Muslims pray five times a day, but there's three times a day. Hindus will pray at least once a day. But here in Thessalonians, if you read chapter five, verses 16 to 18, it says Christians, or us believers, should be praying without ceasing. Why, you would ask? It's because we serve a God who is near. He's near with us, he's always with us. So we can pray to him anytime. He's available for us all the time throughout our day. We don't have to find the right words either. All we need to do is just go to God. How often do you go to God? How often do you bring your prayers to Him? Do you only do that when life's hard? Or do you do that even when things are rosy and good? Do you bring your praise, a prayer of praise to him? How often do we go to God? In this small passage, these few verses, prayer is used in every verse. A total of seven times in this passage. So the idea that passage should be giving us is the importance of prayer. That we should be fueled by prayer. And God wants us to be fueled by that. This passage takes us very deep into God's grace. It tells us the good news about God. Not against us, but he's for us. And that's why when we, even though we sinned and we rebelled against him and we turned away from him, we walked away from him, what's his response? He doesn't turn around and walk away from us. Rather, he is embracing us, or he's opening his arms for us to come back to him. He has every right to do that, but he doesn't. That's what tells me, that his grace is abounding, is huge. And we can come to him with any needs that we have, knowing that he is there to listen to us. Now, before we go into this passage, any more deeper into this passage, let's just marvel at that grace of prayer. We have that privilege to come to God, and He listens to us and responds in His timing. That is astounding. God of the universe cares for us. Friends, He's made you. He loves you. He wants to sustain your life. He he cares about you. He cares about the good days and the bad days because he wants you to go to him in any time and every time. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to delight with you. And he does not regret getting involved with you. He cares, He rules, and what we can see, that He knows us, the very deepest part of us, He knows. And what he's saying? Come to me, because I will provide what you need. James argues here that prayer should be a regular part of our lives, no matter what our circumstance, whether it be really good or whether it be really, really hard and difficult at the moment. He says, even when you're sick or distressed. In other words, prayer should be our response. We should desire to live a life every day focused on Christ. And we tend to think sometimes it's only natural to pray pray when, when we are in trouble. And sometimes we face trouble and we... In our own sinful way we don't pray because we have that sinful desire in us to be in control being the driver's seat we don't want god's help we want to do it on our own strength and we have convinced ourselves that we are strong enough to do it james here gives us the other side of the coin as well he says if anyone is happy let him sing songs of praise not only when things are going really, really difficult and hard, but even when you're happy, sing songs of praise. How often we think, oh, God doesn't need that. You know, only when it's difficult times when we are going to really just pray. And, and, and when it comes to the good times, we're just going to forget about God and just carry on living. James is telling us, We should be praising God for everything that he's done, for his goodness, for his blessing in our life. And he he told us in chapter one that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So we should thank him. He reminds us that we need to be those people that are living and breathing prayer. We should seek his help in our lives. When we find ourselves quite anxious and angry, we should seek Him and His help. And then when we've also witnessed something beautiful, we should stop and marvel in wonder and thank God for it. When we walk into our home at night, when we thank, we should thank God for our family, our friends, We should thank God for that provision that he has given us. When we go shopping, when when we're paying for our shopping, although it's quite expensive these days, but even though when we're praying for that, we should be thanking God for providing our needs. We should acknowledge God in every, every area of our life, just not one. In verse 14, James gives an example of a person who is sick. The Greek word for sick can be translated in two different ways. It can be translated sick, or it's a physical disease, or an ailment. Or it could be translated weak, as if a person who is spiritually weak. It is the same word, uh, the Greek word. 18 times in the New Testament, the word is translated sick or ill. 14 times it's translated as weak. So where does this fit in within our passage? Since every, um, we look at the different versions of or translations of the word, we can see the word sick and sometimes even the word weak. However, what does that mean for us? What shall we take from this? This is not only talking just about our physical needs. It's also talking about that spiritual sickness, that weakness that we could have. It's not only about when we get those, that bad, bad diagnosis, but it's about those who are spiritually shaky or unstable. However, we must be really careful as well, because this then talks about healing, that they should be seeking for that. The Bible is not interested in giving us a formula for healing. God does not want us to just put our trust in that formula. But what God wants us to do is put our trust in Him. What is important is we do not focus on on a celebrity healer or a great production or a, a great show. But instead, this is a private act. The first thing that James tells or tells a sick person is to call the elders of the church. Or the church leaders or, sp- or mature believers. He asks them to- for prayer. The responsibility here, if you read it, it says the responsibility is on that sick person to call the elders. Now there are two reasons for this. Firstly, the elders should know about the illness unless They won't know about their illness unless they're called. So that's one way of telling them. And so many times, um, people are disappointed with their pastor because they haven't been there to visit them. But how many times have they actually said that I'm not really well? Secondly, the sick person should initiate the call because in doing so, that is an act of faith in itself. It is so easy sometimes just to suffer in silence. And it's so natural not to put ourselves on that spot. But there is a measure of humility involved in asking another to help you. There There are times in the Bible when the sick person does not initiate the prayer for healing. But generally the sick person should ask for prayer. The anointing of oil here that we, talk, that we read about may refer to the prominence of oil as a, as a medicinal treatment. If you look at the Good Samaritan, that, that, that in that parable we see that. But also we can see that the oil was a symbol of God's presence. The prayer is to be a prayer of faith. The elders of the church are to gather with the sick person and pray in faith for healing. It doesn't mean that they have faith in their prayers, listen carefully. It doesn't mean that they have faith in, in healing. It doesn't mean they have faith in faith, but they have faith in God. You've got to pray with absolute confidence that God hears, He cares, He has the power to heal. And those prayers should be sincere, compassionate, should be passionately desiring the healing and have full confidence in God. The Difficulty lies in verses 15 and 16 when we read it. That's the difficult part. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. But is that guaranteed healing now? In times when we have prayed for a person to get better, possibly it hasn't happened. Sometimes people are not healed. We could be praying for people all the time who don't get better. And sometimes, sadly, people do pass away. Now, if we were to be praying for healing, and if every prayer that we prayed was answered, then we could be very safe in saying that we would not die. Because this could just be our insurance. We just carry on praying. The two ways of answering this. First is, the key factor is faith, of the one praying. The argument is some people could say that you don't have enough faith, and that's why the healing didn't take place. In my view, that's a pr- pretty brutal viewpoint. It, it kind of leads to guilt and shame. While faith is important, Faith doesn't heal. God heals, and God has a record of doing great things in response to minimum must size, um, size faith. second way of answering the problem of this text is to conclude that it not it's, uh, that we do not understand the text rightly, okay? So it is possible that it might be implied that it's not an immediate evident. Let me illustrate what I mean. in Mark eleven we read. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whoever you ask, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you you have received it and it will be yours. Now, if you look at this text, literally, it seems to say, whatever we pray for, we're going to get it. If you command the mountains into the sea. But that is... Is that what really Jesus was promising? I don't think that he was saying, Oh, I'm going to change the landscape uh, just because you are asking me to. Why he's trying to say that you need to be faithfully praying. God, in his sovereignty, sees... Differently than we do. There are times when he decides not to heal someone. And we don't know why. We would ask that question. Perhaps sometimes God is more um, glorified in the way that we handle that sickness. Or a crisis. And sometimes we see that as a defeat of our prayers for healing. But God's wisdom is superior to us. In my life, I have been prayed for and I have been healed. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been great to, be, to experience that. And throughout the New Testament, the disciples often laid hands on a person and prayed for them. And they were healed. Jesus sometimes healed in that way. Let me remind us from verse 16 when we talk about Elijah here. Elijah in verse 16, James reminds us that, that prayer is a powerful tool. He said, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And then he turns around and points us to Elijah. He prayed to God to send famine on Israel. And the famine began in lasted three and a half years. The purpose of that famine was to bring Ahab to his knees in submission to the Lord. And after that, after the contest on Mount Carmel, God told Elijah rain was coming. Notice a few things first. Elijah was confident in God's sovereignty over creation. He knew that God had the ability to stop or start the rain. In the same way, Joshua knew that God had the ability to keep the sun from going down for a full day. Faithful prayers or praying start with that kind of confidence in the power of God. And then secondly, Elijah devoted himself to prayer. This was not just a quick and a mumbled prayer for God to bless. Elijah went to the, on the ground with his face between his knees and prayed fervently. I would have loved to hear him pray. I think it would have been such a beautiful moment to see that prayer. He was very specific. He did not pray in a general way. He prayed specifically. He prayed for rain. This kind of specific prayer made it possible for us to know that God had answered his prayer. How do we pray today? What would happen if we prayed this way, specifically for people whom we know are struggling, for our country, for our neighbours, for the ministry of this church, just ministry of, of the church? What would if we turned around to God and to ask him to overcome the obstacles that we face daily? God is there listening for, to us for our prayers and he is there for us. Elijah, go on his knees and he prayed. How many times have you gone on your knees when you're praying? How many times have you prayed to God and sobbed and asked him for his grace? How many times have you thanked God when things haven't been the way that you wanted it to be. Then we finish this part of this chapter with a few more verses. But before we do that, I just wanted to, um, he says this, Elijah prayed again and the he- heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. He prayed very specifically for this to happen. And guess what happened? It did. God answered that prayer. So we're going to finish uh, the book of James next week. Uh, Just a few more verses to go before that. But before I finish today, I just wanted to give us a few challenges here. As believers, we must recognize that God is the ruler of the universe. There's nothing too hard for God. He He can heal any illness. He can restore broken bones. He can, you know, he can take away any disease from the body. He can restore shattered relationships. He can give guidance to the most confused. We can believe boldly that God can do this. And God can and will help us in our problems if we take them to him. And all you need to do is pick up your Bible and read about God's faithfulness, of what he's done time and time again, how faithful he is. And secondly, we must trust God with all our heart. We must trust in God's sovereign wisdom and grace. God will and does answer our prayer. But even though sometimes we don't get the answer that we desire or expect, True faith, trust God's perspective and decision above our own. We need to trust God fully and do what he says. Faith begins when we are willing to do what he's telling us to do. And when we do that, he'll do great things amongst us. Finally, pray consistently. If you are going to trust God for our great needs that we have in our lives, then we have to prepare that daily relationship with him. We need to make him part of our own lives. We need to be sharing our frustrations daily with him and honestly. We need to be confronting our own temptations daily and directly. And then we need to be giving thanks to God for the blessings that he already has bestowed upon us. Friends, prayer is just not a discipline that we must master. There is some discipline involved in that. But it's a relationship that we develop. And that relationship with God of the universe will be our greatest joy. Our greatest source of strength in times of difficulty. And when we feel that the world is caving in us and everything is just going bad, we just need to turn around and get on our knees and ask for God's wisdom and help in that. Prayer draws us closer to God, closer to his gospel, closer to his word, closer to his heart. And in prayer, God invites us to have that direct relationship with him So get on your knees and pray to God for whatever your needs are and pray that God will give us that patience that we need to be patient but also to accept sometimes that his answer might be different because he is God. He knows what he's doing. God's word directs us and leads us and here we read in James chapter 5 about the power of prayer and the importance of faith. May God bless you as you spend this week. May you pray to God, getting on your knees and asking him to answer and to provide for what you have prayed for. And may you exercise that patience and that willingness to whatever his answer is, to accept that and to know that he hasn't left you He's still with you in whatever situation you find yourself in. So pray diligently, friends. Pray with faith. And pray with the hope that we have in Christ. Because Jesus didn't say that. It says he came, he he lived on this earth, and then he died for the wrong things that we have done. Even in our hearts, and through our hands, and through our words, through our thoughts. And when we seek forgiveness, he forgives us because he took down all those things upon the cross for you and for me. And the Bible reminds us he didn't say dead. He rose again. He defeated death. And he's in heaven. And he left his spirit with us to lead us and guide us in our daily lives. So Lord, I just want to pray for all of us that may we just have that faith in Christ. And if we are struggling today, may we pray to God, getting on our knees and asking God to please, please help us. In bad times, yes, it's easy to sometimes go to God. But even in good times, how many times are we thanking him for all that he's done in our lives? Friends, may God bless you. May your week be a blessing for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that we read from James chapter 5 here today. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord Jesus, may your blessing be upon them. I pray that as they pray to you, Lord, help them do so in faith that you are there listening And Lord, we pray that may your will be done in our lives. Whether those prayers are answered or not, may we still have that faith as small as that mustard seed. As we sing that song, faith as small as that mustard seed can move mountains, can move mountains. Lord, I pray that those mountain situations in our lives, when we pray for them in your strength, may we know that you will help us through that situation. And Lord, help us to be those people that you have called us to be, to have that faith that's deeply rooted in your word. So throughout the week, may we exercise that faith. May we pray diligently, openly, honestly, sincerely to you. And Lord, may your will be done. In our lives, we thank you for your word, and we ask you for your blessing upon us. In your name, Amen. Friends, I want to thank you so much for joining me. If you've got any questions, then please do uh, comment um, on our on our page. But thanks for that, and I look forward to seeing you next time as we finish James, the book of James. May God bless you, and may He keep you safe. God bless. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Woody Online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30am. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.